guys, welcome back to another episode of Hospitala TV. I'm your host, Rafael Peterson. For those of you joining the show for the first time, just a quick little breakdown on what it is that we're doing here. Um, I started this show several years ago during my tenure as wine director for a big restaurant here in San Diego. During that time, I was able to learn a lot from people who had excelled already and learned a lot of experiences in this industry. That's why I started the podcast. The original premise of it has always been and will continue to be to interview people who have something to share from within our industry so that others can be better at what they do. So that being said, uh, I do have one request. Please share the show. I run into a bunch of you on the street or a bunch of you who see me was like, hey man, the podcast is so good. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. I was like, cool, bro, but you've never shared it. You've never commented. <laughs> you've never liked it. Like, if it's something that you think provides value to you or to someone that you know, please share it on your stories, share it to someone else. Like, that's the only way that we grow. I could make probably a whole whopping two or three dollars in advertising here, which I don't. <laughs> that's not what I'm fishing for these days, but maybe one day I will. But anyway, you get the point. Um, so, share the show if you like it. Now, to today's episode, very excited to have this guest in today. We've been talking about it for a while. Mm. You've been absolutely crushing it. Uh, AKA the golden retriever, AKA the cocktail <laughs> retriever, AKA Jacob Mental. How are you doing today, well, sir? I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. I, and honestly, back to what you were saying, especially about sharing me, you know, it's it's how you keep it authentic. And so really, it's such an important podcast. You wanna make sure more and more people are reaching it. So it's, it's an incredible thing that you're saying that. Yeah, I yeah, know, I appreciate that, yeah. man. Um, you're doing some incredible things here. You guys are You guys are kind of on fire. You got a lot of good momentum going. Um, that's always a very exciting time mm. to be in, you know, when mm. kind of things are going your way. Um, so we're at home base right now with you at yeah. Wormwood and here in uh, North Park in, mm. in San Diego. This is North Park, right? Yeah. North Park in San Diego. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I wanted to, I guess, dive into your story a little mm. bit. There's a couple different topics I know that we have on the agenda for today that we want to make sure that we hit. Yeah. Um, but I always like to start with kind of like the 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 comic book number one episode one like background story of yeah. how you got into the industry and kind of how you got to this point man yeah love it love it um yeah so i uh, actually it's it was kind of a cool little story about how i got into the industry so i i grew up with a single mom for most of my life um right childhood at least um and what would happen is she would work in restaurants and so instead of like childcare and stuff most of the time i would actually come into the restaurant oh, no and sit at the bar where was this? Oh, this is over in like all over the place. Like okay. I li I've lived in like Reno, LA, Oregon, <clears throat> Oregon, like literally everywhere. Gotcha. And um, but the biggest story I always remember is this place called Crocodile Cafe in uh, Burbank. And so what I would do is while she was working there, I would go and sit at the bar. And I remember the nicest person that was ever to me was the bartender. And he would see how he interacted with people. And he always feed me those like red, like cherries. I used to love those probably why I have such a sweet tooth now. It's probably not good for me now. Um, but it was such a great interaction to see how much of a impact he had on the guest's lives on a daily basis. And I was like six years old and I could see that, you know, and it shows a lot of what we can do with this platform as a bartender. And so from then on, I was always really obsessed with the industry. My mom stayed in there uh, pretty much until she was like 40. Um, don't lie, Janice now. I'm really proud of her. Um, and so we, what ended up happening was as I kind of moved on, I bounced around cities to where I ended up in San Francisco for uh, originally acting. No, no um, way. <laughs> it's funny, yeah, but I always worked kind of restaurants since I was like 18 and um, never really wanted to get into like hardcore bar stuff. 
until I actually went to the very first menu for Trick Dog in San Francisco. Okay. Um, buddy of mine was like, yeah, you have to explore that, it's super cool, these bartenders came together, did this really awesome concept, no one's done anything like it. And I was like, yeah, cool, let's do it, let's do it. I'm 21 years old, I don't know anything. And I walk in and I'm so absolutely blown away by what they were able to accomplish with these menu concepts, as well as just the guest interaction, the hospitality. And it reminded me of my, like, my childhood and this amazing feeling that I felt watching this person interact with people and have a real impact on someone's day. And so from then on, I was always just obsessed with bartending. Um, there's a little bit of nooks and crannies from there. Like I tried to get into firefighting at one point, um, nice. many different things. Didn't have a stomach for it, unfortunately, which is why I didn't pursue it all the way. Um, it wasn't really until I came to San Diego that I really had the opportunity. And that's where we met, you know, born and raised for, you know, the one shit that was there. But the, yeah. uh, <laughs> but it was- Hey, uh, we connected, man. We did, I kind of like remember following you to different spots after that yeah. because of that. So that was- And that's yeah. all that really mattered, yeah. you know? And, and what was cool about it was that for a long time, I, I kind of had to like fight and claw my way through the industry. You know, I worked, I worked at Hunter Proof, um, which is a really cool San Diego place, as you know, um, that ended up closing down right yep. before COVID. Yep. Um, bounced around a little bit after that and worked with Frank McGrath with the trust company. Okay. Um, who's a local legend, used to run Polite for a very long time, pretty much put it on the map. And it was, uh, it was a great experience learning from him. And so he actually ended up getting me into consorting holdings, which uh, ended up being where I opened up Youngblood. Which yep. actually just made it to number 49 in North I America. I saw that, yeah. Yeah. Pretty well deserved. That bar so is incredible. Yeah, and great, I won't say I have concept. any credit in that at all. It, I give it all to Frankie. I give it to all Liza. Like, it's it's an incredible thing what they were accomplished um, with that such beautiful space and, and really, really bringing in that level of hospitality that it was lacking during that time. Yeah. So, yeah. And then we ended up going over to Polite Provisions where I did their events and takeovers and uh, menus. Yeah. Um, learned a lot from Alicia Perry, which is just an absolute badass in this industry. Um, Talk about blowing up. I mean, she's just everywhere right now. Where, where is she working? Is she is she tied into one spot right now? No, she's actually, so right now, she was promoted from our general manager of Polite to being the beverage director of the company. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so she's running the whole like show right now. It's for it's, CH. For CH. Oh my God, okay, Yeah, nice. she's just absolutely killing it. And it's great too, so I still like, I get coffee with her, I still ask for advice. She's yep. just an amazing mentor in this industry. Yep, yep. Um, and I just love what she's able to do. She's like that mom you never want to disappoint. You know, yeah, there's yeah. a little bit of like nervousness and scaredness, yeah. but in the way that you love, you love the, uh, that part of it. Hi. <laughs> that was Khadija, that's our uh, general manager. No worries at all. He literally gets his place running, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's phenomenal. Hey brother, um, this, is the, this is the normal happening of recording in a restaurant. Yeah, this is real, this I is live. It. This is no studio, this is live interaction, so. Oh, this is gonna be like 30, 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, 30, 30 minutes, minutes yeah. most. Um, <laughs> we gotta keep on. I mean, yeah, keep going, going. This is the actual normality I love of this. fake restaurant life. Well, yeah. This is should be though. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. it's realistic. One hundred percent. But no, yeah, basically what we did was we um, we were able to do some really really cool stuff there up until we closed for that month with the renovations. Yep. Um, I went over to Seneca and Reading Club to kind of help with that bar for yep, a bit. Yep. Remember that? Yeah. And then yep. um, Jason Wild, who was actually running this bar before me, he was. Um, about to leave and so he reached out to me along with uh victoria's Carl. husband right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. as world talented i mean yeah. he's talking about a local legend in San Absolutely. Diego. Yeah, yeah. um reached out to me kind of take over where he left off and it's just been kind of like this amazing experience so far what we'll be able to accomplish here with the new menus yeah. uh open the bar in the back which would be so cool and you know we're we're starting a lot of this like really cool touring of bars in the united states and and he's bringing really big bars to us as well. It's, it's yeah. really, really cool to kind of like showcase what San Diego can really do in this cocktail industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's not about me, it's about San Diego as a whole. I love the city, 
I love this community. I love these bartenders. And I think that we're one of the most underrated cities in the United States for cocktails. You have a city full of a really, really community, this hardcore community, and they love each other. And they're so talented in what they do. And I want to bring people here to see just how truly talented everyone is. Because it's at the end of the day, it's 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 an incredible, important thing. Uh, so there's so many, there's a couple of things that like right away jumped to my mind. But first of all, like what you just said, like I think that's that's happening, right? Like you guys yeah. are doing, um, uh, sorry, bartenders weekend, right? Yeah. So that's in San Diego. Yep. And then it's in a couple other locations too. Uh, just in uh, Palm Springs. In Palm Springs. Yeah, that's yeah. That's right. So man, I mean, that's got to be huge. Mm -hmm bringing awareness to kind of the San Diego industry, Absolutely. the San Diego vibe, everything that's happening here in the city. Um, I mean, that's amazing. One thing I don't want to kind of glance over either, though, is like, it's, I love what you said at the very beginning of the person who made such an impact on you at six years old. That's insane, man. Yeah. Like for you to remember that still, do you find yourself going back to that influence from that person? Like maybe wanting mm -hmm. to like impart that to somebody else? Like, I feel like, you never know who's sitting at your bar. And yeah. you had that moment that that you remember to this day, mm -hmm. right? And I think a lot of times during service, you forget that you might have that interaction for, to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Whether it be an employee, right? Yeah. Or a guest or, or honestly, probably more an employee, right? Oh, somebody, yeah. oh, but who mm -hmm. knows? Like yeah. somebody that like you said something and they will remember it, uh -huh. which also could be a good or bad thing, right? You never yeah, know what totally people depends. remember, right? Mm -hmm. But but it leaves things leave such an impact. Do you find yourself ever checking back in, being like, man, I want to maybe influence somebody? How that guy like had an influence on me? Absolutely, and I, and honestly, that's kind of the big reason why I, I I made the jump here. You know, this is a big big gamble coming over here. Yeah, um, from going somewhere like Polite Provisions, where everybody in the world knows who that is. Yeah, and it's because I wanted to have that opportunity to mentor people that didn't necessarily have the same chances as I did. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, you know, you, you talk about like having that impact to someone at the bar. You know, it's, um, we have, um, we actually have someone on our staff, his name's Ty. He's never bartended for in his life. Yeah. Um, I'm very adamant about bringing people in that don't necessarily have a lot of experience. And if they do, it's great too. But I want people that are hungry. And that's the thing. You can't teach hungriness, but you can teach everything else. Yep. So we have uh, actually Ty here, who's an executive, we used to be an executive chef with no bartending experience. Oh, wow. And that goes into kind of what we, we do here is, you know, at the end of the day, I could, I could train anyone to do anything that bartenders do as far as the, the bartending part of it. But I can't teach someone to be personable. I can't teach someone to be passionate about hospitality. And I can't teach someone to be hungry for what we do. And that's the beauty of it. And so I think that a lot of people get overlooked in our industry that because they don't have a lot of experience, when the reality of it is, we should be really good mentors. Yep. Uh, mentorship breeds the next generation, and we should be mentoring that next generation of people who are going to advance what we're doing in this industry, and not necessarily just make it what it is now. Right. Um, <clears throat> I'm very big about hospitality, and I don't. Once again, not to take away from what we do as bartenders, but anybody can make a drink, you know. But not everybody can make someone feel like they're the most important person in the room. Mm -hmm. And that's what people remember. People will be like, yeah, I remember this cocktail I had in San Diego one time and not think of the bar. But if you have a great experience, they remember that for the rest of their lives. And that's what I got from that experience. Do you think you can teach that? Or mm -hmm. do you think it's more of an inherent trait? Because I remember when we used to do hiring at, you know, at the last restaurant, or one of the last restaurants that I was at, I was so, so adamant and so focused on like, I know if we're gonna. I know if this person is gonna be the right fit within 
a couple minutes, yeah. right? Like, how do they look at you? How do they smile? Mm-hmm. Or is it something that they're, are they just genuinely nice people to be around versus are they already coming in with a sense of entitlement? Mm-hmm. Do they have an attitude? Like, that's already such a big red flag. And it's, in my opinion, is harder to sway somebody who kind of leans that direction mm-hmm. versus somebody who's just like actually a people person and yeah. you can teach them all the hard skills, which is what you were just talking about. You think it can be taught, the hospitality part of it? It's a tough one. You know, I, I think I think anything can be taught if they're willing. Mm-hmm. And that's the key thing. And that's the willingness is what you can't teach. You know, if someone came in and they worked in, let's say, like a, a bar where it was like that, you know, you think of like Dick's Last Resort, where literally their motto is to be rude to the guests and people go and they love that. You know, and that person came in and, and that's just how they were always doing it. That's right. their bartending career. <laughs> right. And But if they're willing to do it and they're willing to evolve and become this hospitality specialist, then yeah, absolutely. You know, but they have to be willing. Right. Um, I don't think it's, it's an ingrained thing. I think that there's a natural um, ability for it. But I think at the end of the day, as long as someone is willing and able to do it, you can teach them how to be a great hospitality professional. Do you have that conversation up front when you're in a hiring always, position? Always, always. Yeah. And that's the key thing is I, I'm 100% honest with my staff on every front. You know, yeah. you have to be. Yeah. And if you come into it with only bringing in super talented people and, yeah. and not telling them that stuff, and they're gonna be like, okay, well, I didn't know that initially. But it's, it's a thing where I have expectations when I have these interviews. And we are a hospitality professional first, and we are a bartender second. I think that's a super important thing that gets missed in a lot of mm-hmm. interview processing. Like, actually, sit, not the not the the fluffy fluff bullshit, or mm-hmm. you know, what's your, I don't know, what's your biggest trait, or what's your, you know, what's yeah. you know, when you critique your own self, like it's more of like actually setting expectations. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, hey, if, like if you're if this if these don't feel like you align with these, like this isn't going to be the place for you, you know. But if it is, then we can work together and take it to the next level, and hopefully, the both of us grow, right? Yeah, absolutely. Think, yeah, that's a super interesting part of it. Um, yeah, I've always, you know, you kind of mentioned the chefs and your buddy who was a chef. So I've always, I've always envied the bartender part of that, that like you guys get to, and I like, I, it's, it's so funny because I go back and forth like as a psalm and I've worked the floor for a long time. Like mm-hmm. we're essentially describing a product that's already been made, right? And somebody has put the hard work into it and we're coming in and hopefully trying to paint a good picture and a story behind it mm-hmm. and how it might fit well with what's going on. But to a certain degree, I'd also, you know, you gotta recognize at some point, like it should give you some humility. You're like, man, there's a lot of other people who painstaking, went through a painstaking process to make this. We're just an enabler here. We're just trying to connect the dots. Whereas like chefs are little mini bartenders, excuse me, bartenders are like little mini chefs that are coming up with flavor profiles, what works together. They're creating their own things. They're actually creating something. And then not only that, to have the creative part of what a chef might have, is now you're flipping around on the hospitality side and delivering it face to face and almost an advantage over like what a chef might have who was like, he makes a dish, goes out to the customer and he's maybe trying to get a little glance of how the customer's reacting. Yeah. Like, you get real time information mm-hmm. right there as you give it to the guest and able to tweak recipes like that. I don't know, I think that the whole, it, it's such an amazing position yeah. to be in, right? To be able oh, to, yeah. to create something and, del- and actually give it to the person directly and just do that over and over and over. Well, it's, it's funny that you say that actually. So um, Mike from uh, Thunderbolt, mm-hmm. um, he said this quote that just really resonated with me forever. In, in I, and I always think about it. He said, we choose to be poor to do what we love. Because mm. in our industry, we're really not taking home the bank. You know, right. we're, we're doing this because we love what we do, we love creating. But I never ever, and, 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 and 
and I love that you're you're being so like passionate about like the kitchen side of it as well because I feel like people don't understand just how badass those kitchen people are. You know, they <clears throat> you're talking about guys who grind ten hours a day, super hot back there. They're creating stuff. There's all these ingredients, knife skills, all these hardcore skills, and that's why some of the best bartenders in the world come from a kitchen background because yep. they're grinders. They don't complain. Some of the best sommeliers too. Exactly. Hundred percent. Exactly. They have the flavor palettes yep. down. Yep. And they come out <clears throat> like. You, I've seen it with Ty. Ty's like one of the best employees I've ever seen because they grind and grind and grind and they do it for so little because they love what they do. Yep. And I've always, always, always been so passionate about being kind and to the kitchen itself because to me, they're the most important part of it. And that's why I love what Consortium did with um, their name of it. It's a hard house. Right. Because they are the heart of the house. Without right. them, we're nothing. Right. You know, and, and even bartending. I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, I could write a recipe and the manager come back and make it work. I couldn't hop behind that kitchen and do what they do for 10 hours in that boiling heat. It's, it's incredible what they do. Yeah. And nothing but love for anyone in the kitchen. Yeah, super hard work. Um, so actually, that's a great segue into something, a couple other things that I wanted to jump into. Mm -hmm. But obviously, this is um, it's Mental Health Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. And that's something I really wanted, I was really excited to talk to you about because there's a couple different things uh, that you're involved in. but. I mean, let's just hop on this immediately too, like talking about like the kitchen work and like what mm -hmm. a grueling job that is. And even like for just the general rest, I mean, they obviously probably have it like tougher than most in the, mm -hmm. in, in, in the different positions that exist in a restaurant. But I mean, it's, it's a tough job for anybody, right? Yeah. Like the, the hours are brutal you're on your feet. It's pretty grueling. Um, and I think that that can also make it a very difficult job mm -hmm. in a sense to be able to cope with all those things and then kind of weighs on your mental health. Absolutely. Speaking of that in particular, of not just the kitchen situation, but like in the state that we are, have you're in contact with so many people who run bars, mm -hmm. who run programs, who are also managing a team. Have you seen anything recently where people are really making impressive improvements in how they run their team, mm -hmm. how they treat their staff, maybe how they're creating a better environment for their people? Because and like and I really right because I don't like yeah. I, I think like I, obviously we're here fishing for like real answers. Of course, like of course. I. I think that sometimes you hear that, that people are saying that they're doing this on paper, but then maybe that's not really it's their not execution in real life, right? But I know you're you're kind of super dialed into a lot of uh, bar leads and, and team managers here. Have you seen yeah. anybody really killing it there? And 100%, 100%, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because um, there's two bars in particular that I want to call out. Um, the Yacht Club in Denver. Okay. Absolutely incredible. The McLeans out there are so adamant, so hardcore about making sure their staff is happy, taken care of. They ensure they have the appropriate days off. Mental health is really important to them. You go there and you experience what they do there. Every single one of their staff members are so passionate, but not passionate in the way they're passionate about the industry. They're passionate about the bar and they're passionate about them like a family. And I, I love, love what they've done there. Out of this world stuff. But I'd say the pinnacle of it is actually Kate from Happy Accidents, who's essentially like my idol when it comes to running a bar. Um, she is on the forefront of ensuring staff is happy and taken care of from like weekly staff outings to ensure that they are mental health is kept up to in actually taking care of their mental health benefits. Mm. Like that's that's something that no one really pays attention to in a lot of our industry is mental health benefits. So like like seeing a therapist maybe? Seeing a therapist, like that, yeah. everything, gives them resources. I mean, they every person there has a share in the bar. Yep. You know, it's it's a thing where it's so adamant about make, ensuring that they're taken care of on the mental part of it because at the end of the day, we really do deal with a lot in a mental, mental stress on a daily basis to a point every single day we're coursing things out every single day we're making cocktails all sorts of things and she's just been 
an idol. I mean, honestly, listening to her on um, Drink Masters was insane. She's crying talking about her staff. I mean, come on, like that's incredible. Oh, I'm gonna that's have to so look incredible. Into that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that right there, like, I already was in, like in love with her. And after that, I was just like, oh my gosh, like you're you're my number one. You're my idol. There it yeah. is. And um, yeah, those are my top two for sure. And I, I think a lot of people in our industry are moving towards that way because they've realized from places like Google and, and such like that, that the happiest employees in your company are gonna make you the most money. They're gonna make you the most people coming back. And at the end of the day, you also wanna take care of them because you're family. Right. She never looked at them as another number. They're your family. Right. And that's, that's what I preach to myself personally and that's what those two do all the time as well. Yeah, it makes sense, right? Like you're not like, you're like the amount of money that goes into turnover, mm-hmm. not to mention the instability of your culture when that happens. Mm-hmm. It would make sense that people would invest in like a long-term employee, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you're actually moving into a new project also of your mm-hmm. own, I think revolving around mental health. I saw that yeah. you were gonna start writing a column, I think, for, for a magazine. Tell us yeah. more about that. Oh yeah, so um, where this kind of started was actually um, my own personal journey with mental health. So uh, I'm very, very open about my mental health uh, because I feel that by me being open, I might ensure people to actually seek out the help they want. So. Mm-hmm. Myself personally, I do suffer from uh, severe depression, anxiety, as well as ADHD, mm-hmm. uh, as I call it the golden trifecta. <laughs> um, and it's it's a struggle on a daily basis, you know. And, and and I feel that if I didn't have parents that also suffered from the same things, um, it would have been very very difficult for me to find the resources and the help to do it. And so with this column for um, actually Chill Magazine, I've been talking to them, and they're very very interested. In, and, and honestly, it says a lot about them as well to be so immediate, like. Absolutely, let's do this. Let's help out our industry. Yeah, I my respect for them was already so high; it's through the roof now. Um, and basically, what I'm gonna be doing with that column is I'm gonna be interviewing well-known professionals in our industry, um, and I'm gonna be releasing a column about their journey as well as what they went through, the resources, and how they think that you can help yourselves to seek that help. Yeah, because a lot of people don't have the confidence to go ask for that help. But if I can give that resource and give that anonymous way of doing it, yeah. then a lot more people are gonna be safe. We lost too many friends in yeah. this industry. You yeah. know, we've lost so many friends because they haven't had the help and the resources. Right. And I don't wanna lose any more friends. It's really hard when you're in a position like yeah. that to ask for help, right? Like, I mean, I've, I've had that happen too. And it's been, mm-hmm. I've, been I've been in, you know, very difficult places. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, um, it's really difficult to, to reach out to yeah. somebody, you know? And, almost certain people will say you feel almost a burden you're like man i don't want to like you have certain friends who like maybe seem like they're doing very well and yeah. they have their little family over here they have this like i don't want to burden them with my bullshit and like no. bring this weight on them that's so unfair of me to do that you know like um but i think it's a very it's very important you know you have yeah. to have somebody where you can that you can reach out to you know exactly. like how have how have you i mean if i can ask you like how have you found success in overcoming some of those hurdles Ooh. for yourself? That's a great question. Um, trial and error. You know, it's it's not an easy process. Um, you know, it, you know I, I do come off like as the golden retriever, but at the end of the day, it's it's a struggle in the morning every day yeah. to, to pursue it and, and, and put that face on. And, you know, I, I truly, truly want everybody to be happy around me. And, but I've, I've been through a lot with getting to that point. You know, mm-hmm. I've made a lot of dumb mistakes because I, I put my mental health on the back burner and and I've I've made my relationship with my wife strained at times and 
and thank goodness that saint of a woman um, has stuck by me because I, I actually heard a quote recently that really resonated with me to make me feel like I'm not quite as crazy. Um, is that oftentimes the most happy people are generally the ones struggling the most. Mm -hmm. And and I think when I kind of came out and announced all the stuff I was dealing with, they were, a lot of people were surprised. Um, but I, I found that like the help by going to um, a psychiatrist, talking to them and, and figuring out exactly what I was going through yeah. and finding the appropriate medication. And I, I really do want people to understand like it, it is a process and it's hard. It's yeah. so, so hard. And I don't want them to go in thinking it's this easy thing, but it's it's so rewarding at the end of it. And once you get the right medication, or you get the right treatment, or you talk to the right people, I mean, your life is going to change forever. You know, it's 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 gonna you're gonna finally feel like there's something out there that is helping you. Mm -hmm. And and that doesn't necessarily always have to be a therapist in your first step. It could be a friend, a family, right. a parent, whatever it is. My, my first person I talked to was my parents, you know, and I, when I was younger and, and not to get into a little more of a darker thing, no, um, you know, I, I had some points where I, I had some really dark thoughts and, and there was a couple times where I was really scared for what I might do. Yeah. And what happened is I talked to my parents and they were able to go with me to figure these things out. And, and uh, I say my parents, but I want to do a little shout out to my stepfather, dad, my mm. stepfather was my father, Robert, mm. um, who came into my life when I was like 11 and has been the most amazing dad since. And, and that's why I say my parents, I said the single mom earlier and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's one of these things where you don't necessarily have to go straight to a therapist or a psychiatrist. You can reach out to someone that's really close to you. Like for, um, you have your friends, your family, uh, so you really, really trust, you feel comfortable doing it with. I Trust me, they, they wanna help as much as they possible. They love yeah. you and they, they want to give you that first step. And so for me, when I was younger, I, I definitely had moments of like, really like dark thoughts, yeah. you know, and, and when I was struggling with it. And it's hard to control those things, especially with ADHD as well. It's like this constant flow of that thought. You can't get it out of your head over and over and over and over again and it makes it very difficult. And so what I ended up doing was going to my parents. Yeah. And they were able to kind of walk me through that process and help me find that help. And, and it's, it was a really long process after that as well. But at the end of the day, it's worth it. It's really mm -hmm. worth it. And with a therapist, you find someone that wants to listen. They just listen. There's no ulterior motive. There's nothing there. They're gonna to listen to you and they're gonna give you advice with no other reason than to give you good advice. Right. And I think a lot of people don't remember that that's what's happening. And it's really important. It's a really important process. And I um, I really, really hope people reach out. And yeah. Honestly, use me as a resource too. Yeah, you know what? Me too. Yeah. Like I think yeah, that please. it's, uh, yeah. I wanna like point that out there. Like I, like you said, like it's, it's and I mean, I think that's amazing that you had that, right? Like I think maybe a lot of people don't have mm -hmm. that. Like. I can't talk to my mom about that stuff. Like she's so old school. Like we've never talked about yeah. how are you feeling? You know, like just doesn't happen. Like it's that's just, just not the type of person. So, and then several of my friends too. I'm like, even close friends, man. Like there's probably only one person mm. that I know who's been through some shit mm. that I know has gone to therapy that I would even feel comfortable maybe reaching out to, but honestly not even mm. when I'm going through it. And it's been less recently, and I'm going to tell you how I got there, just yeah, to also to yeah, share yeah. My, my own experience. But um, when I'm in the moment, like, dude, I'm not reaching out. Like, hey, man, do you got a second? 
it's it's so hard to do. Absolutely. You know, I'm just like, I got to figure this shit out on my own. And I don't know if that is the best, you know, solution either. Like, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not trying to give any advice here, but I'm just kind of sharing my own story as well. Uh, I did. I remember I, I had a really close friend of mine recently. And she posted something on, on IG stories. And I could feel it, man, through the story. She's like, hey, in a, in a real bad funk, like, does anybody have any recommendation or advice on how to get out of this and like dude like to put that even on a story i'm like and i and i started blowing her up just on the response and and for me what has worked before is to get moving and to just create some action Mm -hmm. go for a walk get out of your house get off the couch get out of your dark room go get some sunshine go for a walk go for a run dip in the ocean if you can like shock your system mm-hmm. into getting out of it because you when my experience has been when you're that deep in it you can't rationalize as i it reminds me of uh, the scene from um the beautiful mind well the guy's like why can't i think my way out of this and the, the shrink is like because your mind is the problem you yeah. know and like and that's kind of like what it reminds me of. like when you're there you can't think your way out of this place no you have and and i'll tell you what damn sure isn't going to make you feel better is by drowning it out with booze which i've done a bunch of times and i'm sure a lot of us in the industry have done also so you get a drink feel a little bit better well i might as well just keep on going and go get tonight with my homies and sure but guess what guess what happens the next morning you're even worse than you were before absolutely for me and which is you know one of the reasons why i got into hiking so much also if we're going to be transparent because i've always loved to be outdoors and stuff but like during covid like i started going on these massive hikes because it would clear my mind in a better way that nothing else could. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I think that action, action to get out of, you have to shock your system. You have mm-hmm. to change the, 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 the physiological component of your body yeah. so that your mind kind of follows, right? Absolutely. I think that's been really good for me is like I go to the gym every, every freaking morning or I go for a run mm-hmm. because I have to prime my mind to be in a better place for that day. Absolutely. Not like, trying to be like a oh like a freaking gym nut or anything it's 100 mm-hmm. percent to put my mind in a better position for what's going to happen throughout the rest of the day yeah. and that's research too yeah I mean, research says if i don't do that i'm already behind the ball i'm already yeah. i'm already feel like i'm not in the best place that i could be mm-hmm. why why put yourself in that position so it doesn't have to be gym it doesn't have to be like whatever it is for you mm-hmm. it might be yoga it might be meditation it might be reaching out to somebody in the morning it might be gratitude that's a big thing for me too right like wake up i'm like and I woke up today, I'm feeling good. A lot of people didn't wake up today. Reach out to a couple, another thing I've been doing is like I'll try to text like three people in the morning, really, yeah. really close friends, say, hey man, I hope you have a great freaking day. Yeah. I hope you have a great week. You know, I uh, love you, man. And just like, that's it. And, and, and I think kind of putting that out into mm. the world also has huge benefits coming back your way because I think it's another way of also just getting out of your own head. Yeah. You know, like what can you do for others? Like, I think this is why we're here today. Mm-hmm. I think this is what a lot of the reasons that you're doing the projects that you're doing is like getting out of your own self, first of all. Oh yeah. Which is a lot, it's easier said than done, say, yeah. right? But even just forcing yourself to just, and, and what's a great way to do that is do more for others. Absolutely. Right, and then I think in a selfish way, it helps to take care of yourself. And then mm-hmm. in a non-selfish way, you're obviously doing something for somebody else, maybe helping to improve their, what they're doing. And, and those have been some, I just wanted to share that. That's yeah. been um, some things that have helped me do. Another thing that's really helped me a lot is this book called The Untethered Soul. Oh, I don't okay. know if you've read it. No, no. I'm kind of like halfway through it. Um, yeah, it sounds a little hippie-ish up front, but dude, I 100% great, yeah. 
uh, I, ha I recommend this book. One of the one of the one of the hugest concepts for me uh, in the, one of the first chapters was kind of just the, and I'm probably going to butcher this because they had a beautiful way that they said it, but it's like disassociation between yourself and your self-consciousness and the thoughts that are coming up in your mind. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because I don't see a psychiatrist often. I should. I just like the people that I've seen are freaking expensive. I'm like, dude, I can't do this $300 like every yeah. week or something. But I did it for a couple times. And it was mm -hmm. so funny because as I mentioned something that was bothering me, he actually mentioned something else too, which was like, I think in his own way of saying that the, the process of disassociation was like, you know, hey, just like, like you're your consciousness. Mm -hmm. You're not the thought creating machine that exists inside of you and this which also creates a lot of voices inside of you mm -hmm. and to be able to kind of sit back and and look at that as just kind of like a thought generating machine was huge and like just saying like hey listen like the first thing is like uh you know recognize that you're having a thought because and then that's the, that's the thing that used to cause me th I would get latched onto these things maybe these false beliefs or something that would cause me a lot of anxiety but a situation that hadn't even happened yet mm -hmm. or something that I thought that might be true that there's no evidence to back it up that it was true and and but dude I would it got to the point where sometimes I'd even go on hikes and it was like burning in my mind I'm like Absolutely. this is a problem I need to talk to somebody that's actually when that was my defining point I was like I need to I need to talk, I need help yeah, I'm not I'm true. not able to do this on my own. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, he taught me that. And he was like, dude, first you need to recognize that you're having a thought, mm -hmm. and then recognize that you're recognizing that you're having the thought. And, and, then, and then he was like, one other step, I, like, I already forgot it, but it was like three layers of disassociating yourself from that thought to be like, yeah, that thought is in me. I don't even know why I gave it so much. And, and it, again, just kind of practical tactics to, yeah. to kind of just set your mind free from, from these things that can cause you such a burden, you know? I, I love all that, you know, and that's, and that's something that I actually struggle with a lot, you know, personally, and I still try to be better with is, is dissociation. Yeah. Because the reality of it is you have these thoughts and you, what, what I like to call spiraling. Yeah. You know, and you spiral with this one thought as you kind of consistently go and you're stuck and honed in on that, that aspect. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's such a really cool. I love that actually. I, I love that. I'm gonna read that for sure. That's oh like, my! That's you have to. So yeah. Incredible. I'll get. I'll yeah. get. I'll get you the book. Yeah. That's so sick. Um, You'll love it. But you're right. You're right. Game changer. Yeah, I love it. No, and it's um, people have their different ways of going about it. You know, we like for instance, I'm uh, I'm gonna start going like I want to play Dungeons and Dragons. Never played that thing before in my life. But it, but it's this kind of cool little thing where I feel like you go there and you just like your mind's not there. Or the reason why the wife and I always go to Disneyland. Yeah. You know, people are like, are you like one of those Disney fanatics? I'm like, yes and no. You know, <laughs> like for me personally, going to Disneyland is, it's impossible to think about anything in the real world. You know, you go there and you're so surrounded by such positivity everywhere that I don't think about a single thing outside of that Disneyland at all. And it's, it's kind of this escape for me where I go there and I just have a good time and I just have amazing feelings the entire time. And that's why we do it. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's finding that 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 thing that you do, and, and that's what I hope. And honestly, this is already counting as one of my interviews for the column. I'm gonna write about this whole thing we're talking about. Um, is finding that way, and I hope that this column brings that to people. And I I want people like you. What you just said, I never even thought about. I never even thought about. And that's why it's not just me writing this stuff because my thoughts only one person. Mm. My thought only works for a certain amount of people. Right. But interviewing people and that have these amazing stories and these amazing techniques they went through mm -hmm. and see, 
it's gonna help different people as they go along. Yep. You know, and, and I'm so excited about it. Dude, I'm so, pumped for you. Yeah. We're definitely gonna look out for that. I'm excited. Please let me know how I can help in any way, yeah. shape, or form. I think I think it's gonna be great. I know when you posted that, a lot of people were like, hell yeah. And like yeah. there was a lot of really good positivity around that too. So I'm excited for you, man. We could talk about this like literally yeah, all, all day. Uh, I mean, because there's so many other things on how it relates to the industry and whatnot. But I do wanna make sure that we hit a couple different things. So yeah. you have some interesting. So apart from the column that you have lined up, mm-hmm. um, I think you're doing another thing here internally, right? With, yeah. Within um, Wormwood for Mental Health Awareness too? Yeah, what, yeah. What do you have lined up? Also, we're actually gonna be working with Bacardi and Patron uh, for a nice little series here where they uh, are putting together this really awesome like platform. And I won't, I won't wanna get super into it because I know they're really excited to make this big announcement of it. Okay, gotcha. I don't wanna ruin the surprise for them. Oh, okay, well you gotta let, let me know. Give me the green light oh, when I, I can post about this. <laughs> oh no, please, please post that immediately. Okay. I mean, no, no, we'll, we'll, uh, I'll give you like the, the generalized thing. So gotcha. at least people can understand and be ready for it. Okay. Um, so basically what it's gonna be is this, this, this system of like five steps. And they're gonna be doing like this reflection as well as like internal and like, and basically what it's gonna be is like going out and exercising or having a class of yoga with like what well, we talked about. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe coming back and having this talk about like what they experienced with like a really good speaker and then having like a non-alcoholic happy hour where you hang out with them and really enjoy this, this day that you had and reflect with people that just had the experience with you and learning. And when they brought it to my attention, immediately I was like, done. Done, let's do it here. Yep. Like I, whatever I have to do, make that happen here. I'm like, am I gonna charge you anything? We're, we're gonna do this. Because at the end of the day, that's, that's a big thing what we do here too is for charity. You yep. know, and it's it's important. And I'm so excited. And that's, and just a quick shout out for names, you know, Dan and, and Leo are just, they're pushing the game as far as what we can do in the industry with this platform that we have. And I'm really, really proud of those guys. Sorry, who's Dan and Leo? Oh, uh, Dan Sutherland with uh, Patron. Okay. Uh, he's our rep here in town. Gotcha. Absolutely incredible human being. Big, tall, red-haired man, beautiful. Um, <laughs> and Leo, uh, and I'm really embarrassed, I'm not gonna say his last name. But uh, <laughs> but incredible okay. man with Picardi. Gotcha. You're talking about like you think I'm positive. This guy is like a pack of golden retrievers, like a pack of them, and that's what it is. Dude, I was looking up. Uh, I think I just clicked on your. You have like a little bio on your Instagram handle. <laughs> I never even put that together. Like like oh the cocktail retriever, cool. That's a cool. That's a cool <laughs> yeah. name. But I guess it came from like they they named you the golden retriever because yeah. y'all was so like happy and yeah exactly. and bubbly. <laughs> And it's, it's Dude, so that's funny. so good. For years and years, I had that, and I actually won an award for Caps last year. Um, it, was, it was called the Golden Boy Award, but they changed the Golden Retriever Award. And from then on, I was like, you know what? I just got to lean into this. <laughs> I got to lean into it. So I'm the Golden Retriever, Cocktail Retriever. I love it, man. For those looking, I had my tattoo. It's my logo. Yeah, the there it is. Stuff. Yes. We got to zoom um, in on that. <laughs> it just cracks me up, man. I loved it. It was, uh, but yeah, those two are just so phenomenal. And, and I love seeing people kind of step up and and see the important things in our industry that we could do. Yeah. Because, you know, 10 years ago, this, this, we couldn't have this conversation. Yeah, exactly. You know, without yeah. there being like repercussions to careers. Yeah. And now I'm happy that we're finally, finally moving to a point where this stuff matters. You know, we want people to be around for the long haul. Yeah. I want to grow old with my friends and I want to be part of this industry forever. And, and these are the people that are making it happen. So it's really great. Dude, I love it, man. I love it. Um, we're gonna do a little rapid fire questions here. I'm yeah. gonna cheat actually here with my uh, computer because I can't remember all these questions, if you don't mind. Let's see what we got. Oops. All right. You ready? Yeah. Give a couple Let's questions for you. <laughs> What's some advice that you would give to your younger self just starting out in the industry? Be patient. Be patient. Don't be quick. Am I answering fast? 
Yes. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I mean, no, no, you're not in a hurry. You can answer yeah. as long okay, as you want. Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> I guess that's not, I guess these are like loaded questions, so no, I'm not really setting you up for the best rapid fire. I'm sorry. Oh, An- so make sure, An- make sure. Answer as you'd like. Good, yes. good. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I would say be patient. You know, that was the biggest thing that I wish I would have learned earlier is that not everything in the heat of the moment is how it's going to be in the future and to push through um, and also save money. Oh my Save money. God, man, that's, that's a whole nother episode we gotta do. I know. I'm terrible at it, I'm terrible at it. Um, and it's, it's, those are the top two for sure, for yep. sure. Got it. What's a bucket list bar you haven't been to yet? Oh, double chicken, please. Where's that? Uh, New York, they just got a top bar in North America. Basically they do what I do, but like to a whole different level. Um, they, they do a culinary driven cocktail program where okay. they use uh, culinary techniques to develop their flavors and profiles where even their garnishes play into the cocktail. So essentially what we bring here, and I've been doing it for a, a while, but they have it to this whole different level. I love I'm it. I'm so excited to go check them out. I love it, yeah. I love it. Okay, what's one of your own cocktails that you've made that you were most impressed with? It's okay, you can feed into your ego a little bit on this one. <laughs> um, you know, honestly, I think the one that I'm, I'm really, really excited about is gonna be my uh, Moulin Rouge. Um, it's, a, it's a bitter sippy variation, which is my all-time favorite cocktail. Um, it's with the, the Select Bitter, as well as dry uh, vermouth and Averna, with a little touch of Lafitte Parisian absinthe. And what I do is I actually take this uh, absinthe salt with a Parisian, I add agar-agar to it, and then I freeze it overnight. It's, it's, it's a process. Damn. And then I, I take that for like the more like uh, solid aspect, Put it in a dehydrator, dehydrate it, and then I, I, I take a uh, mixture of mineral salt into a spice blender, split it in half, and then I take dehydrated lemons and I split it in half again. And it makes this amazing colorful green salt on the side of the rim that really, really adds to it. So like I said, we do three-dimensional cocktails here. Mm. So you have this amazing bitter Giuseppe just in the glass itself, mm. but then when you try the salt with it, you get this beautiful citrus, absinthe aroma to it and flavor profile, it's, it's my favorite. For that, sure. Is that on the menu now? Yeah. Oh my yeah, God, yeah, I'm coming yeah. for that for sure. What's a pet peeve of yours when you go to other bars? No wasted movements. I hate wasted movements. Um, what that kind of entails is people like, is, <clears throat> you know, when you're putting a bottle back, you should rinse in that tin. And I, I think I think it's one of those, or make it wasted moves for other people too. So you're you're like making it messy behind the bar and that person has to figure out how to work around that. Mm, That's a yep. wasted move and then have them clean up after you. Yep, yep. Um, you're losing money for yourself as a bartender, you're losing money for the company, and you're also not looking as cool as you want to because at the end of the day, all the bartenders want to look a little bit cool. I don't Absolutely. care what anybody says. Absolutely, it's a show for yeah. sure. Give a shout out to someone, play it forward a little bit. Who are you fired up right now to see go through their progression as a badass bartender? Oh, damn, 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 damn. Um, you got me, you got me so bad on that one. You can mention a couple if there's like too many that come to mind. <laughs> you know what? I, I, if I can I mention a couple? Yeah, please. Um, Jun Song, um, sorry, not Jun Song, uh, Kun Song uh, from, uh, he's, he actually was at Bitter and Twisted. Amazing cat family as well. He opened his own bar, Double D's, down in um, Dallas. Okay. And it's blowing up right now. Nice. Like he took a big jump, went to a city he wasn't living in, and opened up a bar and is crushing it. Hell yeah. I love that man. He's phenomenal. It's awesome. Um, Dylan Brentwood um, up in uh, Bar Kismet in uh, Nova Scotia. He's also doing essentially what I'm doing here with doing this amazing, amazing thing. I, I can't get into it because he went down to the thing once again. Yep. He's doing an amazing <laughs> mental health thing with, uh, he's trying to get through with his mom who's the most incredible human being who works with mental health as well. Mm. Um, while also being one of the, the top 50 uh, bartenders right now. 
Amazing. It's, it's super, super cool. Very proud of that man. And so we're going to tag him too in one of these in one of yeah. these reels, however we chop it up, and then anybody else that came up in conversation too, because I'd yeah. love to actually put those, maybe we'll put those in the footnotes of um, any IG reel or, uh, or IG, uh, whatever, IG clip or YouTube video, just so people can kind of look at it. I yeah. think that's really important too. Like yeah. I, I'd love to myself even follow these people that you say are kind of at the forefront of the hospitality yeah. and mental health movement here for the mm -hmm. industry so we'll make sure to list those people cool. and tag I love them that. as well I love that. um brother you know what i didn't ask you and maybe I, I just would love if you could just tell us a little bit about the program here at wormwood yeah what your vision is for it i know you have a little you have a little something opening up up, up here in the back which seems yeah. really cool too maybe you can talk about what the vision is there yeah, I'd love to. So uh, basically what we do here at Wormwood, like skin is hospitality first. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we want to make everybody feel special when they come in. They're part of the family. Um, and we want them to remember the experience they have here. And secondly, we are developing, like I said, a culinary driven cocktail program here where everything we have is a very balanced cocktail on its own. But then those garnishes that we develop with it play into the cocktail one way or another whether it be the Moulin Rouge, which we just talked about, yep. as well as the um, actually phenomenal cocktail by a lead bartender, uh, Keanu Castro, um, is gonna be the uh, Death by Nightshade, where you use uh, excess agua chili uh, runoff uh, with tomatillo water to make our own dirty martini variation uh, <laughs> with a citrus gin, nice. while doing a garnish <clears throat> with a uh, Roma tomato with dill on it, that changes the cocktail completely into another really awesome balanced cocktail. Gotcha. Um, we, we're just having a lot of fun with it. It's great. Um, I'm really excited about all the, the press we're getting with it. Uh, in the back though, we're working on a concept called Secret Garden, which is taking what we're doing here <clears throat> and to bring it to a whole different level. Uh, we're essentially making these elaborate, beautiful garnishes. We're doing things that all those garnishes play into the cocktail <clears throat> to change that profile. And we're basically making dishes out of cocktails. Um, I'm so, so excited about it. It's a really fun thing. And we're implementing the kitchen staff recommending their techniques, all their products. Uh, we're up here, it's a little bit more us pairing with the food. Yep. Back there, we it's just, yeah, like run crazy and have a really good time doing it. Nice. So, reservations yeah. required? No reservations. Okay. It is uh, not a speakeasy for those who may think it is. Okay. It is a secret neighborhood bar. I want everybody there. I want to see you on a nightly basis. I want them to have a really, really good time and hang out with us. There's no hoity-toity there. Love it. It's amazing. Love it. Yeah. Awesome, man. Dude, anything else you want to wrap up with? Anything uh, that we didn't hit? No, you know, um, uh, definitely uh, keep a lookout for Tails this year. We have some really great nominations out there. Um, so phenomenal. Uh, it's all my cat family. I love you guys. Um, my wife, Christina, obviously love her too. Um, to your handsome face. <laughs> of course, it's amazing. I appreciate you bringing me on the show. This is Dude, really awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time. And I like you're in the middle of an admin day and there's a bunch of stuff going on. So it's never ending. But dude, I really appreciate your time, no, brother. Seriously. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much dude. It was awesome. Awesome. Phew.